LHFM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants, HK Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Here's your host, the wise man, Matt Mears. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of the Splinters podcast. I am the wise man, Matt Mears, and it's great to be here for what's going to be another one of our great uh, previews, probably one of our last, maybe we have one more up our sleeve, here for 2021. It is the BBL preview starting in uh, this weekend, five days' time or so on Sunday with a huge game at the SCG featuring the Sixers and the Stars. We look forward to going through all eight teams, seeing how they're going to go, seeing how they might shape up to become the BBL 11. That's right, 11 champions here in 21-22. Can't do this all alone, but it's a special edition of Splinters where we've got two Dubuans here. They'll be getting their Splinters cap eventually, but they will be. They are making their Splinters debut here tonight. First up, he is mostly known as the AFL Whisperer, but he's also got a he's also got a soft spot for the IPL, so he's going to be helping out with some of these overseas players. He is uh, the, he is Arian Shah. Arian, it's great to have you here on Splinters. Yeah, it's great to be involved in the bench once again, uh, involved with Triple H once again, and a different format this time on demand for a podcast. So looking forward to joining you and Andrew for the next little bit. Well, you, you've got the other development here. He is Andrew Hurlinger, mate. Andrew, great to have you here as well. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, it's great to be making my debut, um, debut here on Splinters. Obviously been a great program for our station and we've got a very interesting preview coming up and I think the teams that we're going to be going through, it's going to be an exciting competition. And yeah, I'm looking forward to talking through all these great teams. Yeah, well, as I said, you've noticed no Anthony Caruso tonight. Usually he's in the hosting chair for Splinters, but for the next two weeks, he's, he has told us that he's on leave due to birthday uh, commitments. I'd like I'd think that maybe there's some other things going on. Otherwise, maybe Roxy's got the, got the thumb out or something like that, not allowing him on, but this means that we get to look – we get to uh, – have some fun here on Splinters for the next couple of weeks or so. Eight teams to preview for this BBL 11 Splinters podcast preview. The first one up, the team from Adelaide Oval, the Adelaide Strikers, looking very similar to last year, but a couple of begins. We'll go through the squad first. You have got Wes Agar, Alex Carey, Harry Conway, Travis Head, the skipper, uh, Spencer Johnson, Harry Nielsen, Liam O'Connor, Matthew Renshaw, Liam Scott, Peter Siddle, John Wells, Daniel Worrell, George Garton, Brian Gibson, Farwood Ahmed, Rashid Khan, Matt Short, and Jake Weatherald. A lot of familiar names there for the strikers. There's some new names there as well. We'll talk about some of those big plays in a minute and what might impact, but a couple of ins that we do need to discuss. First off, Arian. Someone that you can tell us a little bit about, their new international, little-known George Garton from Sussex, but you're saying that um, he has had a bit of an IPL history. Yeah, he was a surprise call-up this year for Royal Challengers Bangalore, I think, because the likes of Adam Zampa and a couple of other 
Australian players. They weren't offered contracts, so they needed last-minute replacements. And yeah, he he's touted to be an economic bowler who takes wickets, but from what I saw of him, he was a little bit expensive and copped a bit of tap in his five games. And I think eventually his poor form saw him lose his spot. But I think coming to Australia with more familiar conditions to that of being at home will really suit him. And hopefully he becomes an asset for the strikers throughout the season. And Andrew, um, another another um, in for them is is a is an interesting one. The leg spinner forward Armand coming across from the Perth Scorchers. He's one to watch. I said we've seen him in the BPL. It was a bit and it was a bit surprising that the Scorchers didn't retain him. But as I said, strikers very spin heavy with the likes of, of Rashid Khan and uh, the like. Um, Liam O'Connor also in that in that lineup. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in with all of those, but we know he can bowl. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see how they use him because, as we know, Rashid Khan is their leading leg spinner and he's going to be playing in probably every game that they can get. And they're also well supplied with Wes Agar and a couple of other off spinners who can throw some part-timers in there. So it's going to be difficult to see how they'll fit him in the squad, but he is a very able backup and... I think if he gets a little bit of game time sometime through the tournament, it is a long tournament after all. So he might be quite valuable for them, maybe at the latter stage of the competition as well. So probably a good pickup as well, um, especially considering I don't think it would have costed too much. So good on them. I think on forward Ahmed as well, he is going to take over that spot of Liam O'Connor when Rashid Khan is unavailable and play that sort of frontline spinner role just because of his vast experience and he's playing in different clubs. He's played for Australia. And yeah, I think they just need him as someone with a bit of seniority in the spin department to step up as a kind of foil to Rashid Khan. Said it's can, it is going to be interesting with having some players like Travis Head involved in the test squad, also Alex Carey in line to replace Tim Payne. It may be some of the other players that might have to step up in parts of this tournament, the likes of Peter Siddle, um, Harry Nielsen with the gloves if, if Alex Carey is away and the like. It, it'll be interesting to see how the strikers go if they're missing some of those big players due to higher honours. Alex Carey especially, a huge, huge watch. The way he's played in the BBL as of late and his consistency and how him along with Jake Weatherall get the strikers off to that big power play flyer, he's going to be sorely missed if he does go away on international duty. Might see someone like a John Wells come up to the top of the order or Matt Renshaw to fill in his spot. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big uh, big difficulty to overcome if Alex Carey is selected in the test side and is playing throughout the summer. But I still think that the uh, Adelaide strikers have the cover and I think their focus will be on being a good bowling side because they do have options like Worrell and Siddle who should be able to play really well and 
you know, I think that's their focus. That they'll be trying to restrict teams to low total so that they take the pressure off their batsmen. The problem I have with John Wells, though, is just his inability to score quickly at the beginning of his innings. He likes to take his time and really warm up. And sometimes in a power play, you want someone that, you want someone that can get going straight away. And someone like a Matt Renshaw, as we've seen as of late in the one-day cup, he can really uh, press go from the very start. And you need someone like that. All right, boys, a, t- a tip. Where do you feel that they're going to finish up? Uh, I know it'll be dependent on the likes of Carey and Travis Head, but do you see them making the finals? Or uh, are there there's some other better uh, better um, equipped sides this season? No, well, they just missed... I was just going to say, they, they just missed out on the, the playoffs last season, so... Um, I'm putting them around that fifth and sixth category. I think they're a little bit weaker this year, but I guess if Rashid Khan has a good tournament, they can push for that fourth spot. But I'm putting them around fifth or sixth. For me, I think they'll finish third or fourth. I think they're that team that have that settled squad. They're pretty consistent, but as of late, barring that one title year, they haven't... They've managed to put a solid season together, but just not finish it off. So they'll just be there or thereabouts for most of the season. Yeah, I, I also I also feel that there could be some issues there losing some of those players. Also, Rashid Khan usually disappears towards the end of the season for international commitments. It, they'll struggle to make they'll they'll play well and and have some good results but if they make the four it will only be just but we need to move along we'll go to the next team the Brisbane Heat up at the Gabba uh, a fairly uh, fairly stable squad for them as well Xavier Barlett Tom Cooper Sam Heaslett Chris Lynn um, Majib Haraman Jimmy Pearson Mark Steckity Mitchell Swepson um, Matthew Williams. Minus Labuschagne, Michael Neeser, Ben Duckett, Tom Abel, Jack Wildermuth, James Baisley, Matt Kuhneman, Max Bryant, and Connor Sully. A lot of the Queensland flavour in there. First up, uh, Andrew, Michael Neeser. He's a big in. He is a Queensland boy. He's coming home from the Adelaide Strikers. Very good bowler. He's obviously a valuable asset to whichever side that he's in, obviously pushing close for Australian contention. But... Yeah, he's had a couple of really good years um, at the Adelaide Strikers and he's coming over and he will only strengthen that side. He's probably someone who they'll get to open the bowling along with Mark Steckity. And with him, they're going to have a really strong bowling lineup with the likes of Mitchell Swepson to support as well. So it just gives them more options to Brisbane Heat. And I think he's going to be really, really good to have in the side. I mean, he's also been over in England this year, so he's got plenty of experience and he'll have game time, which not every of these Australian players have. And and Arian, the, the two new English imports as well, you've got Tom Abel from Somerset, Ben Duckett, the, the keeper batsman. They're just going to bolster whatever what, what's already a, a damaging, damaging lineup with the likes of uh, Heaslett, Chris Lynn and the like. Uh, they're going to have runs and uh, in a place like the Gabba, 
you can never have too uh, few runs uh, when we know how that oval can play. Yeah, I'm really excited by the prospect of Ben Duckett, especially the way he's played in the 2020 domestic tournament over in England, the 100. He's just such a consistent batter. He can really switch gears quite easily. But the one thing I worry about was the Brisbane Heat, which we did see last year and seasons gone by, is their batting collapses. They can be really on or really off and crumple in a heap. In a heap. And I'm really excited by a few other local players in particular. Jimmy Pearson, the way he cupped in the side, really um, brought some form that we probably haven't seen from him. And he's really translated that into the Red Bull game. I'm excited to what he's going to bring as captain. He's had that experience before. Swepson, um, Chris Lynn, of course, Rahman. And I was really impressed with James Baisley and some of the really aggressive Laurel and Knox he played when he came into the side mid-season last year. So it be very interesting to see how this new group fronts up this year. Well, it is going to be interesting with the when they're going to have the likes of Jack Wildermuth, James Baisley, Michael Knees are all in that lower middle order, batting at sort of seven, eight, nine. They're certainly going to be if they do fall into a heap, they're going to be able to they're going to be able to dig themselves out of it. But obviously, Manus Labish saying Andrew he's not going to be available. He'll be playing Test cricket throughout the summer. But when you look at some of the rest of the names there. They, they're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Well, exactly. I mean, you've just got to look probably who's going to be at the top of the order. Chris Lynn, one of the biggest stars in the 2020 competitions that we have over here and across the world. Um, you know, he was the fourth leading run scorer in the BBL last year, and he'll be up there again at the top of the tally. I guess the one person that we'd be interested to see is, is maybe if Max Bryant um, partners him. Max Bryant didn't have a great BBL last year, but he's a better player now. And if he can hit a bit of a better form and he might be make them a real power partnership at the top of the order. And of course, there's other guys as well, like Tom Cooper, who's a very reliable middle order player who can come up with a good knock here and there. And Ben Duckett, we can see where they try and squeeze him in. So there's plenty of strike power in the Brisbane Heat, but it's, it's going to depend on how consistent they are and whether they just come up with the odd good performance here, Bill, if they can actually keep it going for the whole season. And one other player I'm really excited about is Matt Kuhneman because this year he's really stepped up in leaps and bounds as a spinner. And with the likes of Marius Lavashen and Mitchell Swepson being out on international duty, they need a capable spinner to really take over the reins when that time comes and support Najib and even take that soul-spinning role if he's called up at Afghanistan later down the track. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how he's going to perform. Uh, I, I can't see Brisbane finishing in the top four. Just going through, going by history, they usually go in patches of form and patches out of form. And then when they're meant to be in form, pushing for those finals positions, they kind of 
crumple at the last moment. So I think they'd finish in that fifth or sixth position, but I hope they do better this year. Yeah, I'm going to put them down in seventh. I don't see them really having a great season. Um, just think that there's just not enough stars in their side. And unless Chris Lynn fires, I think they're pretty much going to be at the bottom end. Uh, I don't think they'll be right at the bottom. I think there's some other teams that uh, that have a bit more problems, uh, particularly with uh, some injuries to some key players. So I don't think they'll, they'll be down at seven or eight, but maybe maybe fifth or sixth. But we'll, we'll see how they go. We'll see how they fire um, in a few days' time when the tournament kicks off. Next time, we've got the Hobart Hurricanes down at Blundstone Arena. Uh, Scott Boland, Tim David, Nathan Ellis, Peter Hanscom, Ben McDermott, Riley Meredith, Mitch Owen, Will Parker, Darcy Short, Matthew Wade, Mac Wright, uh, Sandy Lambashane, Caleb Jewell, Joel Paris, Harry Brook, Josh Kahn, Tom Rogers, and Jordan Thompson. An interesting in, though, Andrew, is is Joel Paris, the left armour from the Perth Scorchers. It's interesting to see when... Uh, when Perth let one of their WA own go, they're usually very tight knit and, and stick to the the WA squad over there. But he could be that missing piece for the for the Hurricanes this year. No James Faulkner, so filling in that uh, left arm over difference in the bowling attack this season. Well, I guess the most interesting thing about the Perth Scorchers this year was the releases that they have. We've had Farad Ahmed that's leaving and now Joel Paris, who is a really valuable left-arm fast bowler. So that's a little bit surprising that they are releasing someone of his quality because he's going to be a very valuable asset to the Hobart Hurricanes. Um, look, he's going to probably fit in somewhere at the top of the order bowling um, quite regularly. I I think he's going to be very good, and he can mix it in there with someone like a Riley Meredith. So, again, a, a valuable asset to that Hobart Hurricane, Hurricane, Hurricanes side. I can't even say that. Uh, but, yeah, look, he should be very good, and I think they're going to be a better side to have him in there. And, Arian, two, two uh, English uh, internationals as well, quote-unquote internationals, but Harry Harry Brook and Jordan Thompson, both from Yorkshire, they'll look to boast, bolster the uh, the batting and the all-round departments for the Hurricanes as well. Yeah, I haven't heard too much of Jordan Thompson, but Harry Brook has definitely impressed in his short career, and it's really good to see the Big Bash giving these young and upcoming players a real go because we saw with the resurgence of Adam Milne playing for Sydney Thunder, last season and how that kind of elevated him back into New Zealand's short-form squads. So it could work out the same way for them. But the players I'm most excited to see are Tim David and Ben McDermott. Tim David has really burst onto the scene. He's almost in that sort of Faulkner role of batting finisher and Ben McDermott is just so consistent in the BBL and so explosive. Yeah, well, Andrew, it said they're going to be a, they're they're a hard team to find a weakness in. When you look at the top order, when you got Matthew Wade who'll be sticking around, he won't be in the Aussie team. You've got him, you've got Darcy Short, then you got McDermott, Hanscom, Tim David. Um, there, there's a lot of batting power there. But then when you look through the bowlers, when you got Scott Boland, 
Nathan Ellis, Riley Meredith, and then the spin of, of Sandeep Labuschagne. It's really hard to find a big weakness for this side. This is a side that is going to be better than last year, Matt. I think the Hobart Hurricanes are going to be heavily boosted with the return of Matthew Wade, who was very good in the 2020 World Cup just recently we've had. And he's going to be there at the top of the order. And I don't think many of us have forgotten that great season he had just a couple of years ago. And it'll be interesting to see who his partner is. I think Ben McDermott seems to usually come in at that number three role, but I still think he could be pushed up into that opener position as well. Um, Darcy Short, it'll be interesting to see where they try and fit him in as well. He's a great player. And, yeah, Peter Hanscom is in there as well. So they've got a lot of players that they can try and squeeze into that top order so they could make the nucleus of a, of a strong top order. I'd be interested to see how Harry Brook goes as well. I don't know a lot about him, but he does have a good reputation. So, yeah, it's this Robot Hurricane side is something to be a bit excited about. I think it's the first time for a little while that they can be really up there again. So good to see. Arian, a tip from you? I think they're going to finish top half of the top four. I think a second or third. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting them in the third and fourth as well. I think they'll comfortably make the top four and um, they'll, they'll be hard to beat in the semifinals. Yeah, they'll be definitely semi-finals bound this this Hobart Hurricane side. As I said, just too much class throughout it. When you when you look at through that batting lineup, you look through that bowling lineup. Not too many, uh, not too many weaknesses, which you can't say about some of the other teams. So they look on track to have a good uh, good season down on the Apple Isle. Last team before we take a quick break here on Splinters is the Melbourne Renegades. This is always an interesting team. We got Cameron Boyce, Zach Evans, Aaron Finch, Jake Fraser McGurk, Sam Harper, Marcus Harris. Mackenzie Harvey, Josh Layla, Sean Marsh, James Pattinson, Mitch Perry, Jack Presswich, Kane Richardson, Will Sutherland, Nick Maddinson into the team, Reese Topley, Akhmet Khan, Muhammad Nabi, and Zahir Khan. It's an interesting one. We already know a, a few big outs. We'll talk about those in a moment. But the big talking point, Andrew, Nick Maddinson coming in from the Stars and being named captain, mm-hmm. even though Aaron Finch will be available for the whole season. Yeah, very big decision there. I think over the last couple of years, we've been seeing this slow rise in the stock of Nick Madison. Um, he's become someone who's very performed quite well in these BBL tournaments and is doing well on the first class and short shorter form circuit as well. So, And he's been rewarded with some good performances with the captaincy over there. And I guess when you look at Aaron Vince's form in previous BBL campaigns, he had a horrible time last year. It, it's probably a good change. It's, you know, someone who is a bit younger, who have a bit of a different perspective on the team. And with a Melbourne Renegade side that has been struggling for some time, I just think boosting it and having a different option and a bit of a fresher look with the side, which I feel like there is a little bit this year. Um, it just could give them that boost. And I'm very excited to see what Nick Madison brings to the side. And I just think he could rejig the order a little bit just to make it a bit stronger because I'm not sure if everyone last year were batting in their best positions. Well, another another one we mentioned there, Aryan Ankhmid Khan, he's the first ever Indian player to play in the BBL. He has played in the IPL, has retired from um, Indian cricket, now over living in the USA, but an interesting pickup for the Renegades. 
I really like it personally. It was only a matter of time before an ex-Indian player was going to come to the B to the BBL, and I can't. I see this as the first of many, like as the BBL being with the second largest domestic tournament in the world at the moment. It's only going to rise in status even more when the likes of, say, Suresh Reiner, MS Dhoni and other players on the way out make the decision. I think it was, it's about time it's happened and I'm excited for it. But on the topic of Nick Manson becoming captain and switching to the Renegades, I really think due to his time and poor form at the stars, he really has a big point to prove and a lot of responsibility. And I, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the decision. So we'll just wait and see what happens. Well, it's going to be interesting because, as I said, we already know Sean Marsh is going to be out injured for part of this tournament. Marcus Harris will be on test duties. So along with Aaron Finch, they're going to have to hold a lot of this batting lineup together. Yes, there's some good players there like Sam Harper, Jake Fraser-McGurk, Mackenzie Harvey. We know they can hold the bat, but they're still a bit untested here in this uh, in this Big Bash competition. They're not known as consistent performers they might have to rely a bit more on the ball with the likes of, of Kane Richardson, James Pattinson in there to, and, and some of those spinning options with Nabi and, and Zahir Khan to, to really take up the slack and not have to, not have to, um, not have to really put too much emphasis on the batting, at least at the beginning of the season. I think the big problem with the Renegades is there is the question of youth, but they're relying on too much youth. They're relying on a lot of players that don't have a lot of experience at that top level. When you look at some of Will Sutherland's spells in the last BBL, he just kind of crumbled under pressure, bowled too many wides at the last moment. And yeah, they're just not really quite there. But I think they would have learned a lot from last year and it'll be interesting to see how they front up with a largely unchanged local side. I think they're going to need to take a little bit of pressure off someone like a Kane Richardson because he is someone who was probably one of their better bowlers last season. And I hope that with James Pattinson, if he stays fully fit, that he can add a little bit more to the side. Reese Topley has shown the ability in the past to be a good 2020 bowler. But they are still scraping at the bottom of the barrel. They're not. They're not the bowlers that you look at the other sides. They're just not the same talent or quality. So that's going to be the difficulty with the Melbourne Renegades is lifting their their level up to what the rest of the teams are going to to deliver. I just think it's a flawed side still at the moment. Well, I said I. I my tip is that I think they'll be finishing probably in that bottom four, probably further towards the bottom of that bottom four. I don't know how you, if you guys feel the same. Well I, can't, sorry. well, I can't see them finishing above seven or eight, to be honest, just because they have a largely unchanged side. They have a lot to prove and they haven't really had too much time as a unit and a squad 
he kind of addressed those things. So, yeah, unless they can pull out a miracle and really uh, question those doubters with their performances, I can't see them being a genuine threat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they'll be sitting near the bottom of the competition. Um, put them probably again in that seventh, eighth category, and that's where they were about last year. So I, I just don't see any improvement. It's just not a great side. No, well, um, it'll be an interesting year for the Renegades. And that brings us to halftime here on Splinters. It's flying by this BBL preview. I said we always do splinters for our good friends at Atlas Chartered Accountants, at for the Hornsby RSL, the Hornsby Guy Post, and for ISC Sport. We're here on Triple H 100.1 FM, plus all your good and podcast sites. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll be right back after this with part two. Don't go anywhere. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbyrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable. ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au, for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. 
Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And welcome back to the Splinters BBL preview here, Triple H 100.1 FM, on all your good and bad podcast sites, thanks to our friends at Lashard Accountants, Hornsby RSL, Hornsby Cream Guy Post, and ISC Sport. The wise man Matt Mears, he's, I'm here with Andrew Hurlinger, I'm here with Arian Shah, we're going through the uh, the BBL teams ahead of the season, starting on Sunday uh, with the big game, the Sixers versus the Stars at the SCG. We've gone through those first four teams. Time now to go through the second lot, and we'll start with the Melbourne Stars. Uh, again, a largely unchanged um, lineup on the local side, but there is a few wins to talk about. We'll get to those in a second, but the squad for them, Hilton Cartwright, Nathan coulton Seb Gotch, Liam Hatcher, Clinton Hinchcliffe, Nick Larkin, Glenn Maxwell, Tom O'Connell, Billy Stanley, Marcus Stoinis, Adam Zampa, Joe Burns, Sam Rainbird, Joe Clark, Grace Ahmed, Sam Elliott, and Bo Webster. Andrew, two big ins on the local front. Joe Burns from Queensland joins from the Brisbane Heat. Bo Webster joins from the Crosstown rivals, the Renegades. Two, two almost veterans, you'd call them, of Australian domestic cricket. Maybe just like, maybe just picking up that little bit of uh, that they're lacking in that Stars sort of middle to lower order there, where they always seem to they always seem to be a batsman short or a or something short in this side. Maybe these two are the ones they just need to bolster that and and play a and play a balanced eleven. Well, they're certainly very consistent, you know, performers in the Australian domestic circuit, and um, but there is still obviously that concern with two players like that. They're not exactly been the best for their sides um, the previous season. And Joe Burns in particular just this week wasn't even included in the Queensland one-day side. So he's not in the best type of form. And whether that's going to translate to his BBL form, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. So he's going to have to try and find some sort of good streak in this season if they're going to improve. But, you know, the Melbourne Stars as well, they're, you know, they're going to – be able to rotate a few of these players around if they're not going to be performing. You've got Hilton Cartwright, Seb Gotch, Glenn Maxwell. There's Neil Larkin. There's there's definitely some options, and they can they can fiddle with their squad and rotate some of these players and try and find their right positions. So that that's the good thing that I like about those additions is that it does give the batting order a bit more of a pressure and an incentive to perform because if they're not there are players on the site then that they can replace them with. And, and Arian, the new internationals in with, with Joe Clark, the not to keep a batsman and, and Kais Ahmed, the, uh, the Afghani spinner, they'll just add a bit of depth there. Um, as I said, spinners is always something that the stars seem to lack other than Adam Zampa. They're lucky they will have Adam Zampa th- throughout the tournament, but just giving him a bit of backup as well. Well, Kais Ahmed definitely he, he is a massive in the way he's really kind of burst onto the BBL scene and what he was able to do for the Hurricanes in the past. They may even regret later down the season letting him go. Joe Clark, he's been really consistent, really good in English domestic 2020. And I just think that he is... Perfect. He's a perfect addition 
to the stars who are kind of lacking a sort of hitter in the wiki-keeping position. But I am honestly surprised by the inclusions of Joe Burns and Bo Webster because I saw the way Joe Burns changed his game style after being dropped from the Australian team. He was really playing with a lot of freedom and starting to score a few runs and enjoys cricket. And Bo Webster was one of those senior figures in the Melbourne Renegades team that had so much responsibility and was made to really stand up in a lot of situations last season. So, yeah, I'm honestly a bit surprised by those, but we'll wait and see how this year pans out for them with their new club. Well, said, the Stars are going to be lucky. A lot of their, their Australian players are short-format players, so the likes of Glenn Maxwell, Billy Stanley, Marcus Stoinis, Adam Zampa, they'll be available throughout the whole tournament. So that will be a, a big in for, um, for for the Stars. Generally, they, they lose those guys, and, and you see they are a completely different team. So I'll get your tips for this one. Start off with you, Andrew. I, I think... It could be they. I think for me that they're probably the team that that if they do, if there is a smoky team to make a run for the finals, this will be it. Because as I said, we saw what Maxwell Stoinis Zampa did in that T Twenty World Cup. There's no reason they can't do it again here in the BBL. Totally agree, and, and the fact that they finished seventh last year was a massive underachievement. They're a way better side than this, and I do think that the signings that they've got this year are going to make them better. So I'm expecting them to push for that fourth at fourth position or even third in the, the finals. They could come just short at fifth because I still feel that they can be a little bit inconsistent and reliant on Glenn Maxwell or Marcus Stoinis to do well. But if one of those two have a really hot season, they'll be in the top four. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be a good chance this year, the Melbourne Stars. I think this is the first time that they can be a bit more exciting than they usually have been. Well, there we go. I said there'll be ones to watch the Melbourne Stars. Another team to watch will be the Perth Scorchers, always there or thereabouts. can genuinely keep a lot of their uh, WA team together. A couple of big ins, though. We'll, we'll talk about those. Uh, Aston Agar, Cameron Bancroft, Jason Berendorf, Aaron Hari, Peter Haskellotu, Josh Inglis, Matthew Kelly, Mitch Marsh, Lance Morris, Curtis Patterson, Jai Richardson, Aaron Turner, Andrew Ty, Colin Munro, Laurie Evans is their lineup. Um, a couple of ins, Andrew. Lance Morris comes home from the Melbourne Stars. And, and Peter Hatskolotsu, we, we know him as the spinner from the Melbourne Renegades last year, obviously not getting picked up again, finding probably forward armoured spot in this Perth Scorch's yeah. side. But being one of those quick spinners that he's not a, a slow and loopy spinner, a bit like Farwood Ahmed. He might find a lot of success in that Optus Oval um, wicket, being fast and bouncy. I think he's a really good addition to the side. He was probably one of the, the stronger Melbourne Renegade bowlers last year and really helped Kane Richardson in the few matches that they won. So, yeah, I think he's a great pickup for the Perth Scorchers, and I guess it kind of justifies the fact that they've let Farwood Ahmed go. He's someone who they could really build a little bit of that bowling side around. And look, Lance Morris as well, he's a very good addition. He's going to add some different aspects to their side as well. So I've been, I'm quite positive about them. It it looks a little bit of a, 
I guess it looks slightly thinner than last year, maybe the Perth, but it's still a really strong side. I mean, you've got there, you know, guys like Ashton Agar, Cameron Bancroft, Mitch Marsh. I mean, Mitch Marsh seems to be in the form of his career at the moment, so he might blow this tournament apart for all we know. Josh Inglis, I mean, he's probably going to still be playing as well, depending on whether he is selected for the test side. But if he's there, he's going to be good too. So it's a very strong side, the Perth Scorchers. So I'm I'm excited to see what they come up with this year. Ari and Laurie Evans, the Surrey, the Surrey batsman coming in as the new international, another one of those sort of lesser-known English domestic players, but someone that can really um, bolster this team. But when you got the likes of Bancroft, Mitch Marsh, Colin Munro, Ashton Turner in the lineup, Josh Inglis as well. As I said, it is a pretty all-rounded attack. It's just it's just merely the cherry on top. Yeah, I, I personally love the combination of Colin Munro and Josh Inglis. They add so much to the side, so much consistency, so much firepower. And Laurie Evans, he's just going to add that a little bit more. And... Peter Hatsoglu as well. He provides the perfect foil to Ashton Agar. Them working in tandem on some of those pitches and what Peter Hatsoglu was able to do for the Renegades last year, the amount of turn and bounce he was able to get. And I'm really excited with what he's going to achieve this year, especially in a unit like the Perth Scorchers where he'll be one of many consistent performers and shining lights as opposed to one of the only highlights from the Melbourne Renegades last year. So with the new team and the people around him, they'll, sh- they'll certainly boost his confidence and take his game to new heights. Well, I'll get a tip from you boys. I, I think they're looking at the top four, maybe not, Maybe not top of the t- tree, but I think they certainly got the all-round uh, ability, batting, bowling, fielding to, to make that top four. Andrew? They're in my top two. I think that they're going to be very close to making that final, and I can't see them dropping outside the top four. They'll be up there. All right. Well, we'll move along to the defending premiers. We'll, we'll be a little bit biased. I'll, I'll put my Shane Evans hat on. My team, the Sydney Sixers. I said an un pretty pretty much unchanged squad with uh, Sean Abbott, Jackson Bird, Dan Christian, Tom Curran, Ben Dorshus, Jack Edwards, Mickey Edwards, Moses Henriques, Dan Hughes, Chris Jordan, Hayden Kerr, Nathan Lyon, Ben Menenti, Josh Philippi, Lloyd Pope, Jordan Silk, James Vince, and Steve O'Keefe. I said they got the job done last year, but the one one inclusion Andrew back. Didn't participate in last year's tournament, but he's been a big player for the Sixers for a long, long time. That's Tom Curran, the Surrey and England all-rounder. He just provides something in that lower order and with the ball that as much as the Sixers were able to make up for him last year, he just adds another dimension coming back into this side. Absolutely. Tom Curran has been a real asset to that Sydney Sixers side for a number of years. I'm a big fan of him. And, you know, he just – his changes of pace, his ability to bowl at the death, it's, it's going to be such a boost to the, the Sydney Sixers who are probably going to need to lift their level yet again to, to push for that title. And um, I just think he's going to provide some able support to the likes of Sean Abbott, Jackson Bird. I don't know when Jackson Bird's actually returning from injury, so 
I think that the fact that his place at the moment, we don't know if he's coming back. The fact that Tom Curran is coming back is going to help them as well. Ben Dwaris is, is very good as well. I Every time I just look at the Sydney Sixers, I just think they've got a really strong bowling attack. They've got options, Stephen O'Keefe, Nathan Lyon, if he's available. I mean, they've got bowling options and versatility whenever they need to. And they're going to be very difficult to beat again um, wherever they – and I just I can't see them not being near the top of the ladder. Yeah, and, and Arian, another big in. It's been announced that Carlos Braithwaite will miss at least the opening pass of the tournament through injury. But to get Chris Jordan as a replacement, as I said, we're, we're talking about a, a strong bowling lineup. You have someone like him, the things he's done for England in the short form of the game, to bring that to the Sixers, they, he just adds another dimension again. Well, yeah, he's been terrific for such a long time, always taking wickets. Very economical. The way he played, even in the World Cup, especially in that game against Australia, he just really was consistent line and length, has good change-ups. And, yeah, he's very hard to play and get away. So, yeah, the Sixers, they've been remarkable with their recruiting and their consistency and having virtually the same team back again and Tom Curran, who offers so much with the bat and the ball. I see another big year for them. Well said. I think I made my uh, feelings known at the beginning when I had them. I was talking about them, but I, I can't see them not being in the top two. Um, when you when you have a batting lineup of, of Hughes, of Silk, of Vince, of um, Josh Philippi, how can we forget him and what and, and what he's done for the Sixers? Uh, Moses Henriques, Dan Christian, it, it's it's probably one of the best top Sixers around. Also, giving you bowling options. Then you'd have Tom Curran at seven, and then the bowlers when you've got the likes of Sean Abbott, um, Chris Jordan, uh, Steve O'Keefe to come in there as well. Uh, as I said, we we talked a bit about teams having weaknesses. I, I don't think. Uh, there's many weaknesses in this Sydney Sixers lineup. I've made my thoughts known, uh, Andrew. What what are yours? No, look, I am totally on the Sixers this year. Just like last year, it's just so much batting depth. They bat so deep, and that gives so much more confidence to the players at the top of the order. You're going to be seeing James Vince and Felipe playing well again at the top of the order. I mean, James Vince was terrific in the final last year and Felipe is a better player than he was 12 months ago. So I can't see how they're not going to get off to a good flying start. And even if they don't, you're going to have Daniel Hughes and the likes coming in and adding valuable contributions. I look at this Sixers side and I just think it's actually better than last year. Uh, you know, the only thing that's probably missing is that they don't have that Carlos Braithwaite coming in at seven who is able to blow, you know, win a game right at the death. But then you've got Dan Christian who could do that as well. So it's like it's not a big loss anyway. So I think the Sixers side are primed to, to be there at the top again and they're going to be difficult to beat if they get to the final. Yeah, I think Josh Philippi, James Vince, Dan Christian, Sean Abbott, People underestimate Sean Abbott, especially his batting ability, and Tom Curran. They're like the big standout players for me. And, yeah, echoing Andrew's point, I I can't see with the culture and consistency they've developed, the recruitment, 
I can't see them not finishing near the top once again and a force to be reckoned with. Last but not least, we'll go to uh, the west of Sydney, the Sydney Thunder. Um, we got John O'Cook, Ben Cutting, Ollie Davies, Brendan Doggett, Matt Jilks, Chris Green, Baxter Holt, Usman Kawaja, Nathan McAndrew, Alex Ross, Daniel Sams, Tanvir Sanger, Chris Tremaine, Alex Hale, Sam Billings, Baxter Holt, Jakuba Mood, and Jason Sanger. Arian, their, their big in this year is, is Jakuba Mood. We've seen him bowl for England. He's also from Lancashire. He's going to have to do a lot with the ball here because, as I said, no, no Usman Kawaja. He'll be in the uh, Australian um, test setup. I think he, he will leave a huge hole in that batting lineup, and I think it's up to the bowlers to pick up the slack. Well, I personally think that the Thunder have the batters. They have the Alex Hales. They have Sam Billings. Alex Ross has made some decent contributions. Ollie Davies, Matt Jilks, a little bit inexperienced, but they have the coverage. Yes, to keep my mood, getting back to your question, he's been terrific, especially with his short stints with England. His real consistency of line and length, taking wickets in the domestic scene. He is a brilliant asset to the Thunder, and I was really excited when I saw him on the roster. Yeah, Andrew, your thoughts on this team? As I said, a lot, a lot the same there last year. But you look at the likes of Nathan McAndrew; he's gone down to South Australia, really starting to make his name there on the domestic scene for them. Wasn't really getting much of a game for New South Wales. We've seen what Daniel Sams has done in those those limited uh, the limited chances he's had in the Australian T20 side. There are some good players here. It's just whether they can put it all together and have a winning package this season. Yeah, that's obviously the challenge. And I think that there are going to be some question marks on just some of those lower players who have been that around these sort of the, the BBL set up for quite some time, but just haven't really taken that next step to being like a real competition contender. And Daniel Sams is a, it's a terrific player in particular. I'm a big fan of him, but he just needs to take that again, just work a little bit more into some of the skills of his game because he can lose concentration. But, yeah, look, I think he could have a, a good tournament this year. I look at guys like Chris Green as well, and Jonathan Cook's been around a little bit as well with his spinners. It's, it's a side that's actually stayed together for quite a while. There hasn't been a lot of change, which – I think is good for them. It might make them just that continuity a bit better. And throwing in someone like a Mahmoud who would who has been very good in the international setup this year, I think they could do a little bit better than people are expecting. It's just a few of these underrated players who might be hitting the peak spots of their careers. So it's a, it's interesting to see. They might just surprise a few people. They're definitely capable of beating a lot of these teams on their day. Well said. For for my tip, I, I think they'll finish in that. They'll they'll be another one of those log jams in going for fourth position. I think Usman Kawaja he'll be a big loss. Hopefully, if if he doesn't make that test squad um, or the make the the final eleven, they'll they'll release him out because they'll need his batting. I know he hasn't been in the best form for for Queensland, but he he does step up and and lead a lot of these youngsters. I know you've got I know you've got the likes of Alex Hales and Sam Billings. They'll they'll do the job. Um, 
at the top of the order for the Thunder, but I think Usman is just that spiritual leader of that batting lineup, and they just look a different team when he's in there. So they'll be scrapping for that fourth spot with a, with a couple of the other teams. Um, Arian, your thoughts? I think fourth or fifth, they'll just be that bordering team, like you were saying, that are pushing for that final spot. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that they'll be scrapping around. And I probably would say that if Usman Kawaja is there and he's having a good tournament, that they can just scrap into that fourth position. If he's not, then I think you, you're going to need Alex Howes to have a really good tournament like he did last year to probably scrape in the top four. They did do well last year. So, you know, we should expect them to do well again. Yeah, it's just difficult with... When, you, when you've got those players up there, and, and we've talked about it for some of the other sides as well, where if you've got some of your big players, I think the strikers, if they do lose Kerry and um, and head for, for long periods of time, it changes their team dynamic. I think just when when you've got the likes of, when you've got someone like Kawaja there, he does change that team dynamic as well. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they can, uh, if they do lose him, how they'll be able to uh, to combat for that. But as I said, as we as we bring to a close here on Splinters, um, it's going to be a great tournament. It always is. I'm looking forward to finishing work and, and having cricket on the TV um, for the next two months or so every night. There's, there's going to be a good game to watch starting uh, this Sunday with the Sixers taking on the Stars at the SCG. Boys, it's been awesome to have you here. It's been awesome to uh, to, to have you guys making a debut on Splinters. Uh, Andrew, thank you. I know you'll be looking forward to the tournament. Who, give us your tip. Who's your tip as we uh, as we leave? Uh, we, we put a bow on this episode of Splinters. Well, I'm going to be very nice to you, Matt, because I actually believe this. I think the Sixers are the favourites to win this competition. But if they don't, it'll probably be the Perth Scorchers. So it's going to be one of those two teams again, I'm reckoning. Well, thank you, mate. It's a bit appreciative of having you here. Arian, same to you, mate. Well done on your debut on Splinters. Some great insight there. As we leave, we'll get your tip as well. well I loved it, and I can't wait to come back on. It was great fun. And, yeah, for me, if the Sixers don't win... I'm going to go with a little bit of a controversial decision and say the stars are in with a chair. That's a big call. That's a big call. So it'll be interesting to see who will um, who'll be able to step up. I think the stars there, they'll, they'll be buoyed by having the likes of, of Zampa and Stoinis and Maxwell for around this whole tournament. I think, again, I don't think there'll be, be any bad games and, and whoever does finish last... Again, they won't be easy beats. Um, they'll be competitive matches, as we always see throughout the tournament. So, as I said, I can't wait for the next two months. I will be going for my beloved Sixers. I, I do feel, though, as we talked about when we talked about the, the Sixers, they have got the, the total package. They've got everything that they need in order to um, to be able to get the most out of this tournament. They have it, the, the bases covered, so I'm looking forward to that. So... That does bring us to time here on Splinters. Thank you to Arian. Thank you to Andrew. We thank you, as always, the uh, the Atlas Chartered Accounting, the Hornsby RSL, the Hornsby Cream Guy Post, and ISC Sports. We can't do it without them. 
It's been another edition of the Splinters podcast here on Triple H 100.1 FM and on all your good and bad podcast sites. Make sure you tune in for The Bench Friday nights at 6pm and also for our uh, live cricket calls Sunday afternoons here on Triple H 100.1 FM. So for the team, I am the wise man, Matt Mears. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with more cricket next Tuesday night. It will be the Ashes preview. Yes, we've got Ashes to go along with BBL. It is going to be the summer of cricket here, not just on Triple H 100.1 FM, but I think for all cricket lovers around Sydney and around the world. So thank you again. We'll see you again down the road. You've been listening to Splinters. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites. 